Welcome to Radio 5G with Michael Henry Dunn, Nancy Hopkins, and Friends, a Cosmic Reality Radio production. When all the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be. For though there may be pardon, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer, let it be. Or let it be. And we are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radio 5G. This is Michael Henry Dunn with my co host, Nancy Hopkins, on Radio 5G this morning. And we are so pleased to have back with us our special guest and cohort and good friend, Mark Steele. Welcome back, Mark. How are you doing? Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, fine. Absolutely fine. Uh, buoyed up by all of the uh, recent events. We've had some very, very interesting things going on. Um, obviously, Boris... Boris Johnson was at the United Nations, uh, interestingly enough, talking about street lamps and uh, technologies and the potential for dark forces to uh, control uh, networks, etc., etc. Very, very interesting. And actually on the same night, I was actually speaking in London at an event that was set up by Sasha Stone. Uh, Sasha Stone's been, uh, you know, he's the guy that uh, organized the 5G Apocalypse documentary. If anybody hasn't seen it, watch it. It's very important. The 5G Apocalypse London event, that's also on YouTube. Watch it. Because what I do there, I break down the technology and the illegal deployment of equipment that hasn't been risk assessed or tested to be safe. What's really important, people need to take this away with them. The reason 5G hasn't been tested to be safe is because it will fail. It will fail for one simple reason. 5G and all its technical parameters is a weapon system. It is not telecommunications. It is only masquerading as a telecommunications system. It is a weapon. That's what's really important. That's what people need to take away from that. And if they watch the 5G Apocalypse London event, I explain how this technology is harmful. The recent case in the US, uh, class action against Samsung and Apple, for the, uh, there's been a research project carried out for, by the lawyers of a number of claimants who become extremely sick from exposure to the radiation from the smart devices. And when these devices have been tested in an independent laboratory, they've been shown to emit 500% higher radiation levels than the FCC 1.6 watts per kilo. Now, People on the face of it might think, well, you know, these things happen. Well, no, they don't. Because the FCC 1.6 watts per kilo thermal value, not safe, most certainly not safe, 
that is a standard. And you build products to a standard. You design products to a standard. So from my perspective, it is impossible to build a device that emits a 500% increase in the radiation output over the standard. You could maybe get a couple of percent, it would be a batch failure, and that wouldn't be allowed to go on the shop shelf. Let me understand, Mark. Uh, So in that instance, with this class action lawsuit, I think you mentioned Samsung and Apple. It is not specifically about 5G. It's about the amount of radiation being uh, emitted by the devices themselves far in excess of the advertised safety uh, of these smartphones. And that this is not while, – while they are 5G-capable, am I understanding you right that this class action lawsuit is not focused on 5G specifically but is simply addressing the greatly excessive radiation levels emitted by these devices um, which far exceeds their advertised safety as well as the, the legally allowed safety. Is that right? That's correct, Michael. But you see, smart – Smart part of 5G. Smart intensifications part of 5G. So the smart IoT 5G deployment, what that tells me, because obviously smart secret militarized armaments and residential technology, it is impossible. So anybody who's got a smart TV, smart kettle, smart watch, most of the equipment, the hardware, the design, the equipment is extremely similar, if not identical, in a number of these different products. So is your smart fridge safe? Is your smart TV safe? Is your smart meter safe? Is any of this smart equipment, because if we can't rely on the product developers to produce a product to an FCC standard, can we rely on any of the smart equipment that's currently sitting in people's homes, emitting toxic levels of radiation outside of the FCC standard. Not a guideline. This is not CNIRP guidelines. This isn't the Pirates Code. This is a standard. The standard and the law are inextricably linked. That's why it is so crucial for you to develop a product in the design of a product so that it fits within the standard, it is absolutely crucial. What's really important here, these products are uninsurable for harm to humans. Lloyd's and London won't insure them. That means that the shareholder of any of these shares in any of these companies is on the hook for any liability. If this class action goes ahead and is uh, successful, If it's correct about the amount of radiation, the reckless amount of radiation that these devices emit, I'm pretty sure they will be successful because obviously they're in breach of the standard. Well, let me ask you this. uh, Excuse me for interrupting. Let me ask you this. We understand and have shared with our listeners the time factor that we're dealing with here in terms of the rollout of 5G and the actions that we can take that will be most effective. I am really glad to hear about this class action lawsuit. makes all the sense in the world. should definitely be undertaken. And we know that 
the legal budgets for Samsung and Apple to delay, defend, uh, prolong the process when it comes to something like this can take years. We don't have years. Um, so there is there is that our, our challenge here, it seems to me, is that you know we have this very encouraging development where these companies are being called to account for grossly exceeding the standard and putting people's health, you know, millions and millions. I mean, you think about the number of smartphones out there, mm-hmm. uh, especially the latest models that are emitting this just flat out <clears throat> toxic level of radiation. Um, you know, that's, they're imperiling the, the health of millions of people. That's, that's encouraging to me in terms of getting, getting people to wake up to the fact that you can't trust these companies. Yes. Well, that's exactly the, the, the point I was going to make. Can we trust any of these organizations now, the FCC and others who are supposed to hold these organizations to account? Can we hold any trust in any of these organizations to have actually evaluated they obviously haven't evaluated this technology. How can we trust them in relation to 5G? Well, it's pretty damn obvious that we can't. And this is really important, but this goes back to, this is fundamental because, as I said before, the shareholder, the value, the pension funds, the pension funds who have billions and billions in these companies are all at significant risk. If you think all those products going into people's homes from your smart fridge, smart TVs, I mean, how many smart TVs do you have in the US? How many of those smart TVs are now emitting radiation levels into your neighbor's home that you could be responsible for, for the sickness that your neighbor, because obviously if these levels are similar to the 500% increase, they're in breach of the FCC standard. Where does this go? Because obviously they're uninsurable. So how do you have them insured in your home to do harm to your neighbor? This is a massive spider's web. It's just starting to turn. The the industry already warned anybody that invests in mobile phones. There is small warnings about this particular thing coming to uh, to the public's attention through court cases and legal action. And obviously that's what we're starting to see with this particular case. But think of the absolute destruction of value to shareholders because of the harm. Like you said before, right. millions yeah, and well, millions that's... of these products, millions and yeah, millions that... of these products put into cityscapes, into cities, increasing the temperature, microwave radiation in air, basic physics increases temperature. If we put billions of devices, think about it, you've got your smart TV, your deck phone, your smartphones, your smart fridge, your smart cooker, your kettles. Tom Wheeler wants anything that can be connected to be connected. A doorbell, a, a pop bottle, a top, something in your fridge. He wants everything connected. Now, can we allow the connection of all of these devices that would potentially breach the thermal impact of 1.6 watts per kilo. I'm telling you now, you'll turn your city hot, you'll turn your city to dust, because that's the potential for an EMP, and I'm pretty sure that's why 
these smart devices have all been developed and designed to make radiation. This isn't by chance. This isn't an accident. It is impossible. I'm going to tell people from a product development perspective, from the design, from the design to the to the end product coming out of that factory gate, it is impossible to build a product to be increase of radiation impacted outside of that standard. Can't be done. It can only be done by design. Somebody is deliberately building products to harm the citizen. Well, that's going to be a pretty hard case to make, but you know, in terms of intent, that's always a, a pretty um, tricky legal area when it comes to uh, at least to a criminal case. But in this case, what what you're bringing up here in terms of shareholder value seems to me to be one of the areas where it might be possible to have more immediate impact. You know, if you're talking about how these big companies can delay lawsuits, okay, they can delay lawsuits, class action lawsuits, but, you know, mainstream media can't ignore this forever. And a huge class action lawsuit with documented harm coming from gross um, excess of the standard of safety, that's going to get into the media that's going to harm the perceived value of these huge companies. That's going to create shareholder pressure, which is one of the things, along with um, the criminal approach that's being used to combat 5G so successfully in Australia, where they're just bypassing the whole you know, legal morass, delay you for years with our huge legal budgets deal, and just going straight to the cops and saying, hey, this is the legal definition of assault with the installation yeah. of 5G by my home. Please go arrest this guy. Um, that strategy and impacting shareholder value, career, because that goes right to these CEOs, right to their job security, you know, because their whole job security is based on where the stock is. And, uh, and that is, to me anyway, you know, I'm really glad you're bringing this up because, you know, this uh, really outrageous, um, you know, clearly evident violation of standards and putting millions of people's health at risk with the devices. I mean, you know, this isn't just talking about 5G here. We're just talking about the device in your hand that you, you know, and I've got one. <laughs> I mean, I just upgraded my iPhone and uh, I'm pretty pleased with it. Uh, but now, of course, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I've got a Shungite sticker on the back, but but it's emitting 500%, right, uh, in excess of the standard. 500%, 300% when it's not on, Michael. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I was reading the legal documents. I was going, this is unbelievable. <clears throat> I mean, I'm a product developer, so I understand how impossible that would actually be because when you first begin a product development, the first thing you look at is the standards. It's not like the battlefield. I mean, obviously, I've been involved in battlefield things, and there's no standards because obviously they're weapon systems. So you don't actually have that. So you can understand from a commercial perspective, it's a massive change for me to be involved in developing products that actually fit within an international standards regime. It's a it's a really it's a big game changer. So that's so that sort of points you into the direction of where do these smart devices come and who's really designing them because in the battlefield. There isn't any standards. Nothing's insured. You know, I mean, if a tank runs over the top of you with that truck, I mean, if it drags you into that truck, believe us. I mean, you, you couldn't drive a, a, a tank on the road, for instance. 
is obviously those tracks can be pretty dangerous, so you can drive them on a site, and but you can't drive them on a road. And I mean, tanks on the battlefield don't have any lights on, consequently, so your enemy can't see them. I mean, imagine in the pitch black, running over a few troops, you wouldn't get away with on the road. I know that. So that you know, the battlefield's a totally different, separate place, and that's why things are completely uh, from a design build. It's a totally different. Uh, perspective and analysis and this is what tells me what's smart this confirms the people who are behind smart because what happened they haven't taken into consideration they've, they've basically looked at the law because the law and standards are inextricably linked they've looked at the law they've looked at the standards thought ah it's, yeah, that's not for us let's just carry on and well I'll tell you what if I was a telecommunications shareholder a pension fund holder, I know what I'd be looking for. I'd be after blood. And another thing, right. just last week when we did the talk in London uh, at the uh, at the Chelsea Town Hall, there's very, very a lot of very important people there from London. There were some very, very influential people there who were aghast at the information that I was passing over from a technical perspective. They couldn't believe it. So it's caused an awful lot of trouble. But I was actually there and a guy passed me, a financier, as it happens, a venture capitalist. He passed me a document from uh, Goldman Sachs. And it was a document about 5G. It was about the investment opportunity in 5G. And basically stating, you know, this is the next big thing. Get your sort of shirt on it. There was absolutely nothing in that document that mentioned health effects. There was nothing in that document that identified the rising uh, resistance to 5G across the world. There was absolutely zero, as there are, if you look at any of the telecoms investments, in the financial documents, you will find warnings about potential litigation from exposure to the devices. What I couldn't find in this portfolio, in this very large document from Goldman Sachs, was any reference at all to the risk, to the potential risk, to the deployment of 5G and 5G equipment. None. Zero. Now, yeah, and and to me, excuse me for interrupting here, Mark, but to me, that just points up the brazenness of this whole rollout because, you know, I had a little bit of experience with the securities world. I had a securities license uh, once upon a time for a couple of years. And, you know, when a, a proposal is put forward for an IPO or, you know, to raise funds in the in the securities world – um, there is assumed due diligence in presenting. Obviously, you want to present a rosy picture. You're, you know, putting forward um, the idea of, of, a, of a publicly funded company, but the complete absence of even the slightest hint that there might be safety issues. And there's ways to phrase it. You know, you can say um, ongoing studies have shown that. While some risks 
have been uh, raised in the public mind that the predominance of scientific evidence is as shown by the FCC's blah 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 you know, they can smooth it over with language but at least mention it. The complete absence of any – of even the slightest mention of the health risk and given the massive peer-reviewed scientific evidence, medical evidence – um, for the, the damaging effects of EMF and Wi-Fi for, you know, 3G and 4G, let alone 5G. I mean, again, that just points up uh, the brazenness of it. It's like, hey, this is the new world. This is the Internet of Things. This is going to roll out across the planet. And so it kills a few people, kills a few, you know, children, kills a few vulnerable old people. Okay, so some women lose their pregnancies. Okay, well, um, our, our bottom line is, you know, is going through the roof. So uh, acceptable, coral, you know. Uh, corollary damage. Uh, it's it's <clears throat> just pretty astonishing that, that it, it is a complete whitewash. Mark, can I can I ask you a question? In the people that you're coming in contact with, uh, such as the person that was gave you the document from uh, Sachs, are you finding more, let's say, educated people, more people that that are more are more easily understanding the technical and the you know awfulness of this are you seeing a change in the people that you're dealing with i'm definitely definitely i'm definitely see i just wanted to cover off just that last point and then i'm come on to that uh, uh nancy michael that financial document is illegal it's a fraud this is the fi- this is this is a financial document that doesn't cover the risks that are already known in this particular field. Even the telecoms companies cover it, so that in itself is a fraud. It's a deception. So, and obviously, you know about that. Okay, so to, so what you're so, what, what you're saying here, Mark, is that you've got a situation where okay, first off, the insurance companies will not insure the telecommunications or any other a hospital for this kind of damage, a school yeah. for this kind of damage. The FCC in 96 set out that awful law that says that the telecommunications people cannot be sued for any health implications in their technology. But what you're suggesting is that you go after them because they're frauds. There's no law saying that you can't go after somebody because they've been lying to you. Well, there's, there's also no law to say that you can go after somebody if they assault you and they're administering of a noxious substance, which that's microwave radiation, because I can show you how it's a weapon. <laughs> it's weaponized. It's most certainly a noxious substance. That's assault. You cannot, you cannot turn around and say telecoms companies can't be arrested for assault. I mean, that's ridiculous. It, it, I know that's what the FCC is trying to say, but that's not the case. That's not going to hold up in any court. I don't care where you are. And I don't believe that any judge in any part of any jurisdiction in a sensible part of the world is going to allow genocide on the population. That's just not going to happen. And I'm pretty sure we now have all the evidence to show that 5G is genocide. It's a genocidal plan by whomever to harm the citizen. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Donald Trump's on the ball and I'm pretty sure that uh, Boris Johnson's on the ball because seemingly Johnson had had a meeting with... um, Johnson had had a meeting about 5G with Trump when Trump came here to the, to the UK. It was a, a, an off the, off the uh, you know, at the time he wasn't even the prime minister. So he totally circumvented the prime minister, who obviously 
to raise her mate at the time. She wants to get the 5G antennas from China. She said that's the bit they need. Well, it is a bit they need because that's the weapons part of the, <laughs> the system. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up. It's absolutely crazy. So anyway, Nancy, what was out of that question? I was asking you if you're seeing a change, especially in the look at the the average person is too busy to make any you know, to, but everybody else has got involved in telecommunications. They know what it is. So are you seeing it? I and mean, those are the people that let's put it in quotes matter. You know, we can take to the streets and we can yell and holler, but we need the people inside the system to be able to start waking up. Are you finding that? That's what definitely starting to see that. There was a conference in London last week where I think Deborah Davis mentioned the weaponization potential of 5G. Uh, obviously, Deborah is a very uh, intelligent, uh, very clever scientist based in this field. And, you know, what attracted me, my attention to her group uh, uh, was the, the fact that they'd already written, I think, 160 scientists, leading scientists in this particular field had written to the United Nations an unprecedented document to say that, you know, the radiation, this was before 5G, this was basically just, you know, your 2G, 3G, 4G, just microwave radiation in air was extremely uh, hazardous and needed to be re reassessed. And I looked at that document and I was appalled. I mean, obviously I knew that, though that the focusing of uh, these signals are weapons, but obviously these were telecommunication systems. I was appalled at the uh, at the evidence that these people were putting out, and I thought, well, that's unbelievable. Because, but it showed the outrageous um, response from the UN, from the European Union, and other government agencies, where they just ignored these scientists, technologists in this particular field. It was absolutely appalling. But that told me there was something else. And then obviously, when five G came along. This was well prior to 5G. When 5G came along, obviously I understood pretty quickly the difference between 4G and 5G. One was a telecommunication system. The other thing was a we was basically a weapon system. Obviously, when I got my hands on some of the hardware and the technical capabilities and the written technical capabilities of what 5G actually is, it most certainly is a bit of a weapon system. So the scientific community are starting to get that. We're also starting to get a number of lawyers. I was talking to a guy in Switzerland uh, the other day who's organised this mass protest in Switzerland. They've had a massive response. The Swiss aren't going to have this. And they I'll be talking to their legal team uh, next week on the technicalities because obviously... Pull over the hardware, obviously my expertise in this particular field, because I've invented a number of products to mitigate the weapons on the battlefield, I can quite easily explain to people what it is when I see what sort of equipment that they're talking about, so I can pretty identify, which I'll give you an example. There's a, there's an array, there's a lighting array in China where the technologists have built a scanning piece of equipment in the lighting, which is pretty toxic. And as the vehicle heads up towards the LED streetlights, these are motorway lights, the light intensifies. So it intensifies, the vehicle goes past, it actually drops off. So continuing as the vehicle's driving through that light and it's intensifying all the time. That in itself is the weaponization of LED streetlights. Now, LEDs are coherent 
light emissions that basically lasers that should not be t- in any way, shape or form thought of as incandescent. And the is- issue that we have, they're actually seen as, you know, normal lighting systems and they fit within a number of standards that were basically written for incandescent light. These are lasers. These are coherent, focused light emissions. The 450 nanometers is toxic. It's retinal cell and retinal toxic. This will cause significant harm. The study that was carried out in Barcelona by 20 institutions in Spain, double breast and prostate cancer in only three years of exposure. That study, I can tell you now, the LED street lighting across Europe alone will kill 100 million. Now, I know that because we've already seen a double in the breast and the prostate cancer, and that number sounds very large. But what I'm going to say to people, the epidemic from the exposure to that type of 450 nanometers light is 25 year out. So if we've already seen a doubling in the breast and the prostate cancer in only three years, and this is a cumulative exposure to light radiation, we're talking about 450 nanometers here with about a three and a half, two and a half, three and a half electron volt charge. We're not talking about small amounts of energy here. It's microwave radiation. This is lethal. And this light array that they've got on a street in China is specifically there to kill. It's the weaponization of LED street lighting. All of the controllers and the controlling systems that are fitting on LED street lighting, because LED is 5G, by the way. It is intrinsically part of the 5G deployment. The antenna design allows you to change the modulation of the light to weaponize it. So I can strobe it at you. I can weaponize it. It's all part of a weapon. And yes, well, I think the scientific community are starting to come around to that. Point of fact, there's obviously now that there's the uh, 5G space appeal, I think 150,000 or 160,000 at the last count of technologists and scientists who have all signed this uh, call for a moratorium. It has been ignored. It's been ignored by these very small, uneducated, unqualified groups, Public Health England and others, the FCC, don't have a single biologist, a single doctor. There's no medical team within that organisation, and they are currently being sued by most of the states in the US. So the states are suing the FCC about the rollout of 5G. Let's see them in court, because I can tell you now, they do not have a leg to stand on. The sooner we see these criminals behind bars for the harm they've caused to the people of the West, whether it be the USA, whether it be the UK, whether it be countries in Europe, the better. I'll sleep safe and happy with a smile on my face when we bring these criminals to justice. Well, it is starting to happen, Mark, you know, when we look at the criminalization, uh, pardon me, the the application of the definition of criminal assault that um, was pioneered in Australia that has removed uh, nearly a thousand small cell towers, that has prevented the rollout of, of many hundreds more. That's that shortcut that you're talking about, putting yes. people behind bars for committing assault. And there's a very careful protocol uh, that was developed 
Um, I'll have the gentleman's name for us Ray in a minute. Bro- I mentioned it. Broomhall. Oh, Ray, Ray Broomhall. Ray, Raymond Broomhall, thank you, yeah. um, who is featured in the 5G Crisis Summit. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, you know, that's the most encouraging thing I see out there. And uh, the rolling out of that protocol, the sharing of it through the 5G Crisis Summit, I think is one of the most um, exciting developments because we need something that works quickly, you know, that bypasses all of the delays that can be done in a civil suit, all of, you know, the deep legal budgets of of these uh, telecom companies that, you know, that puts people um, behind bars fast or lets them realize that they are committing a criminal act, that there is a careful protocol in terms of of getting um, a physician's uh, opinion of gathering uh, radiation measurements and the simply applying the classic definition of assault uh, that is accepted in in you know most countries around the world, certainly in the West. Uh, that if you get enough of these guys suddenly you know sitting behind bars or defending themselves in criminal suits, you can bet that the shareholders are going to hear about it. When suddenly their their CEO, you know, that the corporate veil is getting pierced because that's another very encouraging thing about this is that, you know, I mean, you look at what happened in 2008 with the financial crash and all this massive corruption committed by these CEOs and, you know, there's suits against them and, ooh, the government has has exacted a $20 million fine against Goldman Sachs. I'm just saying that as an example. And so it's a wrist slap. That's pocket change for these people. And the the CEOs who approved it get off scot-free, don't end up in jail, have damaged the lives of millions of people. Well, it's the same thing here, only surprise, surprise, boys and girls. Um, we're yep, talking about yep. the criminal definition of assault, and you cannot hide behind the corporate veil in this instance. That's well, going to affect Michael, shareholder perception. That that's what I think shut down the telecommunications. They said no more. We're not going to do five G. TPS, I think it is, the, the their largest telecommunications system um, uh, company out there, and they said we're going to stop five G. And yeah. when it and, and again they weren't talking about the assault charges. This time they were not talking about what was actually well. Can you imagine what has actually happened? But what they said, one of the reporters said, well, where are all these people getting this crazy information? Remember, we did part of a show on they were blaming it on the Russians, right? This one newspaper there. <laughs> right. But, but yeah, the, blame it on the blame Russians. <laughs> blame it on the Russians. But the thing of it was, was the guy who was their spokesman, the operating officer, Okay, I'm trying to remember his name. He actually, when they said, this is, where are they getting this this irrational, um, you know, information? And he said, I don't think it's irrational. That was critical, that the company is now admitting that there might be health concerns, even though I do believe it was what, what Broomhall was doing, that he was going after them on assault charges. So instead of admitting that they've been pushed into this because they're afraid of going to jail, they're just saying, no, we're with you guys now, and that's all we need. That's all we need is the people in the, in the you know. Go ahead, Mark. It was in 2016 when we reported to the police administering of a noxious substance against assault on people here in the, in the United Kingdom. We made a complaint to Northumbria police. They have 
told me it's a civil matter and it is not for them. It's not, but that's because they are an organisation that's been owned by Gated Council. Because the police forces here aren't independent now. And what's happened, they're absorbing them. This is a takedown. This isn't just about 5G, it's about taking down your democracy. That's why we've never had any reply from any of the councillors, even though a judge stated in my case that the 5G risk must be debated. Now, I know Ray, I've spoken to Ray in the past, spoke to him very early on about that particular issue. The problem that we had, we couldn't get the police to act. To prosecute the assault charge. Well, I think that that could be true. I mean, like, for instance, if I saw a 5G being put up outside my house, around my property, they can do that too. I would say, gee, is this the 5G you're putting in there? You know, all excited. And the guy will say, yeah, yeah, it is. And then I'll call the police. Now, the police come and they say to me, what are you doing? I want this guy arrested because I'm under assault, because he's going to put a weapon up there. Okay, and the police say, oh, you crazy crackpot. I said, I want to make a police report. Okay, then I go around to everybody in my neighborhood and make them do the same thing. Because the facts are so... In your face, and I trust um, trust yeah. me over here, Mark. Over here, the neighbors, the people who are not part of the system per se, they don't trust it at all. You don't have to say 5G is a weapon system and have them go, Oh, yeah, sure, right. No, they go, Yeah, well, oh, no, oh, good, I understand that. All right, they don't hesitate to believe it here, but it's the ones that are looking at it from the bottom up. Anybody who's invested in the system has a totally different reaction. Oh, it can't be, it can't be. I want the status quo. I'm happy here, you know? So we're really, part of what we have to do is understand the psychology of the population. Yeah. And the thing about the, the, the process you're describing, Nancy, of going to the police, and they say, oh, yeah, you crackpot lady, go home. Well, the process brought out by Ray Broomhaw, and that was has been applied so successfully in Australia, you know, is a is a very careful point by point protocol of how to address this so that when you do go to the police, you know, there is a physician statement, there's radiation measurements, there's like and it might be a seven or eight step process where the police cannot simply dismiss you and say go home and you get your neighbors and you get oh now we've got 25 crackpots no there is a very powerful careful legal process criminal process that uh the police simply are required uh to follow through on and that will you know meet a a a judge's standard for indictment for criminal assault michael if you watch the video what happens when when i got when they're gonna arrest us again it's in the video. It's in the 5G apocalypse documentary that Sasha Stone did. Do you know when the police officer first comes up to me? I've actually told him in the full in the full video evidence because that was the police officer's video evidence. I'm telling the police officer to arrest the lightning guy. I tell him to arrest him because he's committing a crime. They've just fitted a Chinese weapon system to a streetlight. The copper says to me. Well, I don't believe you. Well, I'm not bothered what you believe. You're just a copper. What would you know? I'm an expert in this particular field. That was all played out in court. That document is actually in the British Judicial Court system. 
that video is there on file to show that the police in this country are abrogating their responsibility to defend the people because they are part of the criminal conspiracy to deploy this weapon system out on top of the people. I'm not saying that the police themselves know, but the fact that they wouldn't act in relation to the assault. I mean, we have children assaulted, bleeding from the nose, being assaulted. I had police officers at my door looking for images of children where they had been assaulted with his technology. I explained to them what was causing it. They then said to me, you've got your work cut out for you. Well, I then contacted them on numerous occasions, Northumbria Police, on numerous occasions, all the documentary evidence is all there, was all presented to the court. It is in the court papers. We did everything we could to get the police to act. Now, obviously, Ray's case was extremely interesting. I spoke at length with him about it. He had some very, very... Uh, influential people when he first took his case to court. Obviously, the lady and the and the people who were behind the, the court case, one was a surgeon, the other was a radiologist, a number of the other people in that particular locality, they didn't want this equipment there. And most certainly, it is assault. The administering of a noxious substance is assault. I'll tell everybody that. So they knew that. This equipment, it is unbelievable how they can say it's not assault because obviously microwave radiation has and will be used on the battlefield as a weapon system. So anybody that thinks you can't assault somebody with it, you've got it, you know, you must be flying with the fairies. It's pretty obvious to me. And that can be proven by, you know, lots and lots of technical data to show the type of weapon systems that have been used in the past, lots of it out there. So it is incontrovertible that this is assault by your local council, see the issue we have, the street lighting is actually owned and the equipment installed in it was actually for the local council. But what it actually is, is radar. It's urban interrogation radar. And obviously it's because the spy agencies are wanting to spy on everybody. It's for some United Nations resilient city agenda so they can look into your bin they can see how much money you've got in your pocket. They can basically track you around your home within your own home. It's all illegal. And they've been caught. So it's a massive cover-up. Massive cover-up trying to hide the truth. That's what's going on now. And what's happening, it's slowly but surely breaking down. We're breaking down the line, the deception, with the light and the truth. The truth and the light. The light is bringing the, uh, to the darkness to uncover this particular crime, and it is massive. And the UK, believe it or not, was the epicenter of this. And Gateshead, which is even more bizarre because it's a no place, Gateshead was the test centre for the UK. And I believe the reason why they brought it to Gateshead, number one, it's a no place. Number two, it's far enough away from the capital for anybody to have influence to get involved. That big mistake, I live here. <laughs> and I'm probably one of the leading experts in the world in this particular technology. Now, what is the chance, think about this from a <laughs> higher-powered perspective, what is the chance of that happening? I mean, it's... That's the bit that I didn't get it first. I do now, obviously, but at the first time, I just didn't get it.
I didn't understand, you know, what the implications of that was. And I'll tell you what the implications is of that. We win. We win. We smash these. We have caught these criminals exactly where we want them in the deployment of a weapon system to harm the citizens of the West. And justice is coming. I I got on it right away, Mark. You know, because... When Michael and I got involved in the 5G, I I don't believe I even knew of you at that moment. And all of a sudden, you were on the scene saying in technical detail what I had been saying. And I just saw you as a knight in shiny armor. So from the get-go, I knew you were divinely inspired. You were divinely inspired to move to the one place with the one person who could unravel the whole thing next to the one town they decided to use as their first, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, Nancy, I mean, my second name's, well, it's Mark Steele, Steele's the sword. Steele means sword, truth and light. It's yep, in the prophecy. Yep, I mean, yep. it's mental. I got somebody rang us up. There was somebody said there was when I was in London, you're the sword. And I said... What does that mean? <laughs> said steel, steel means sword. And I went, all right, thanks for that. And it just didn't, at the time it didn't compute. It was quite a while ago. And then I had this lady rang us from Scotland and she started telling us all these things. And I'll tell you what, put 5G to one side, this absolutely blew. I mean, the whole 5G thing's, you know, it's unbelievable. I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll admit that. It is absolutely unbelievable. This thing really is unbelievable. Because you've got to remember, I've never been a religious person. You know, I went to church when I was a kid. Always knew there was something very satanic about it. Never got the feeling when I was in a church that I was comfortable. I was never comfortable. I always had a pain in the backside and always couldn't get out as quick as possible. I now know why. I now know why, after talking to this lady for a number of uh, months, what that was all about. And I'm pretty sure this is... Uh, what she says it is, I'm pretty positive about that because it is absolutely incontrovertible. I mean, my invention, the, the, the reactor invention I made, I invented a carbon dioxide disassociation reactor, molecular reactor, and I was contacted by a US government official and <laughs> said, from New York, and they said, you know, Mark, you're all over this place with 5G. Can you explain to us what this is? Because it's not telecommunications. This was a telecommunications expert, by the way. It's not telecommunications. So anyway, they sent us these images, and I said, that's really bizarre. Because I invented a one. Uh, I was working for uh, as a contractor for Shell, and I was in a, a carbon dioxide conference very high up. The whole thing's a scam. It's all a scam. And uh, I thought, oh, I can fix that because I knew about covalent bonds. I knew about pulse modulation frequencies. And I thought, do you know, I'm, be, I'm sure I can come up with a key to break that uh, covalent bond. Anyway, we looked at it. I did a feasibility study, uh, spoke to a couple of scientists. And one guy I met on a plane going to Geneva, a Geordie, by the way, but he was at Strathclyde University out Scotland. So it's quite a way away. And we're just sitting having a few drinks on the plane. And I said to him, what do you do? So anyway, we're having a bit chatting, a bit carry on. And I rang him up. I mean, I did know quite a number of scientists in a number of universities around the country. 
but obviously this was a, a sort of off the off the wall type of uh, conversation on what I had in the first instance. So anyway, I rang him up and I said, "Do you know you because you're a professor at Strathclyde University?" And I said, "I just want to have a chat with you. I'm really interested in doing a feasibility study on a CO2 reactor." And he said, "That's quite interesting." He says, "Could you know what I build?" And I said, "What?" He went, "Molecular reactors." And I'm like, eh? You know, like the chat. But at the time, I didn't think about it. I do now more so because of what's happened of late. And uh, anyway, I went up to see him. We did this feasibility study. It was definitely a good. So what I did, I put these patents in. We did some rough designs about what it had to look at. We had to put quite a bit of energy in, so I had to put these cooler boxes and cooler systems to stop the transmitters from bursting into flames when we put the pulse modulation frequencies into the radiators so this lady sends me these images from from the us and says we know they're not telecoms what are they now went well i'm like the reactors that they changed the well, I said, do you know what frequency they operate that and she said, well, we're not really sure. I'm pretty sure it's 60 gigahertz. Well, what that is, it's a molecular reactor to change the uh, to change uh, the oxygen molecule. Uh, and if you split the oxygen molecule, then it attaches to the oxygen molecule, you end up with O3. And O3 at 50 parts per million kill all life. It's used in water treatment plants to kill all biological life. You know, when you're cleaning uh, water treatment plants, you know, you need all the bacteria out. It's absolutely lethal. So I invented this thing, and this the image you sent to me was very similar to this invention, which is because I've invented quite a number of things, lift boats, exiting tools, a number of things for the oil and gas industry. But the wave, the optical wave guide, that was for the battlefield uh, interrogation uh, mitigation uh, technology sector. I knew quite a lot about that, but this thing was really off the wall type product. And here was I was actually looking at it as part of the five G deployment. Now we we, we wanted you to um, quickly talk about the carbon issue and the car and, and the um, you know the climate change. Can you just address what you know about that? It's a scar. The whole thing, the carbon dioxide, well, carbon dioxide, I think it's about 0.4 a day. The, the, the influence of man is 0.30 of that. So the infinitesimal amount of CO2 that we've got any influence over is not anything that's going to change the climate. The climate change is caused by the sun. It's the most impacting thing. Anybody that thinks anything others mentally deranged, the uh, the scientific community, all of the climatologists understand this. There's only a very small amount of lunatics. The normally report as the normally uh, just basically act as are scientists who aren't expert in that particular field. In fact, uh, Piers Corbin, Jeremy Corbin's brother, an expert in this particular field, he does talks on CO2. The whole thing's a scam. It's a United Nations scam, and it's to drive the whole smart 5G. LED streetlight agenda so they can bring a smart meat into your home and then pull an EMP and kill you because zero carbon means zero you. Net zero carbon means kill the population. People have to understand it's part of the plan to kill six billion of the population across the world because they breathe out CO2. That's your net zero plan. 
that telling you that asking your agreement to murder you and you've got idiots who actually agree with it is Greta what are the well just a you know a, a, a mentally disabled young child who's been abused obviously uh, to come up with this nonsense and lunatics in the mainstream media who support it the whole thing's a fabrication I was involved in the CO2 sequestration uh, projects a number for the oil and gas industry the whole thing's a scam I can tell you I've got the data it's a scam this has no validity at all in science or other. It is embarrassing. And this is one of the reasons why science and scientists are discredited across the world due to the fact of a number of these uh, bits of deception. It is an absolute deception. The actual number of scientists who agree with the United Nations and yet government on climate change is probably about 4 or 5%. The, most of them must have a drink problem or some drug problem or it could be, you know, that they've, you know, they've done something else in their life where somebody's blackmailing them because you've got to be pretty stupid to even believe that CO2's got anything to do with climate change. So the whole, this hysterical uh, extinction rebellion thing driven by the international banking community. I mean, I wish I could get involved in the CUT carbon tax credits. I mean, think about it. You write a bit of paper, a couple of tonnes of CO2, write it on a bit of a paper, and then you sell it. I mean, hey, that's one way of making money. That is one absolutely fantastic way for the international banks to rob and steal from businesses to shave capital from the top because they use energy in a business what a fantastic scam and your government's involved in it it is a scam, it needs to be stopped and the criminals who are behind it need to be brought to justice the same as the same criminals who are behind 5G, because I'm going to tell you now, 5G is the key 5G, it is so outrageous, that battle weapon system that they've brought to a town and village near you is so outrageous and they have their signatures on it. No escape. Mark, let me just get clarification on the carbon tax because people are all over us about saying it's a scam. Would you explain? Now, my understanding is is that you got a factory, you're you're putting CO two up your stack, and so you pay money to a government to do what? <laughs> A private, well, a private brokers. It's a bro- it's a brokerage. It's a brokerage. You you buy you buy carbon credits to offset the carbon that you emit. It's just oh, a mass. So, well, so so some some brokerage has got a bunch of carbon sitting someplace in a vault. Well, carbon <laughs> credits. You get Co- carbon credits, and then what you do is it's. I mean, honestly. You talk about, but you see, this isn't just about carbon. This is about destroying the capability of the West in relation to its competitiveness across the world. Because this is all a part of balancing and actually allowing the East, the communist states of the East, to take precedence from a business perspective over the West. That's what the whole thing was about. Because obviously, do you know who backed the whole uh, Chinese revolution? It was international banks. The whole communist thing is all about control. So what they want to do is build this absolutely fantastic um, tiger of the East 
but it's communism. It's communism, and they have total and absolute control over everything. And it's coming to a town near you, unless we stop it. Now, I'm 100% behind Trump on this. I mean, I mean, some people might not like him. I think the guy's a bit of a genius. I think he's quite clever. And that's coming from somebody who, I've, you know, I've had people say to me on a number of occasions, I'm quite clever. I think Trump's extremely clever. I think he's a bit of a poker player, a bit of a character. But he's absolutely, as far as I'm aware, on the money. I agree. I agree. I mean, he actually turned around and said, I'm not as stupid. I'm not stupid enough to believe it. Well, he's not stupid enough to believe it. And anybody who does believe it's pretty stupid. It is a scam. It is an absolute out and out scam. And they have destroyed businesses because of it. Destroyed businesses that destroyed people's livelihoods. And they have put the benefit to countries in the East where obviously they don't have these taxation systems. Yeah? So it is, it, it's totally uh, a, a deceptive uh, plan. I'm not saying that we don't have to look after the climate. We don't have to look after the environment. I am an environmentalist. I'm a technologist. And with all technology, there are risks. But there's a difference between risk and lies risk and deception there's a difference between making things up that cannot be substantiated in science at all i mean the biggest scam of the whole thing the bbc will turn around and say there's 95 percent of the world's scientists in this particular field say that climate change is real climate change is real by the way it changes all the time from morning to night i mean we're going to get the climate from change from nine o'clock in the morning to 12 so climate change most certainly is as a matter of fact. However, what impact does CO2 have on it? It is negligible. Absolutely negligible. The thing that changes the climate is the sun. It's massive. And if that sun changes just slightly, it has a massive impact on the environment. CO2 is a, is a green gas. Greenhouses use it to propagate the growth in plants. So if you want to green the planet, if you want the whole planet to turn green, put more CO2 out. If you don't want it to go green, because CO2, the plants take it into their leaves, they take it into the ground, they put it down through the roots, and they turn it into soil. So when you do any excavation of any old... You know, the Roman forts that we have in the northeast, we've got some famous Hadrian's Wall, very famous. You've got to dig down to see it. So you actually have to dig down to uncover these things. And the reason for that is because the plants have taken the carbon out of the out of the air and put it into soil. Same as cattle. Cattle eat the grass, turn it into feces. Pour it out onto the ground, it turns into soil by the ton. So any other loonies that think that by getting rid of all the cattle will save the planet, if you get rid of all the cattle, you probably kill the planet. Well, Mark, how would you counter, like, for example, there's the, the classic argument made by Al Gore in his documentary, An in Inconvenient Truth, where they did... Um, Core samples going back 600,000 years, uh, I believe it was in the Arctic, it might have been the Greenland, 
um, you know, snow cap where this snow has been accumulating for that long a period and you have a record of CO2 levels going back 600,000 years. And they have a correlation between when those levels were extremely high and what the ocean levels were. And that there's a correlation between, um, you know, extremely high CO2 levels and, and a, a much warmer climate. So there is a lot of, I mean, I'm hearing a lot, um, and I'm not a scientist, but it, it certainly seems substantial that indicates that long term we're not actually looking at um, frying the planet, that we're actually looking at climate change moving towards uh, another ice age. Uh, there's a, a lot of, uh, as I understand it, substantial science out there that's, that's backing this up. And, of course, it's not getting the attention because – Global warming is a misnomer, misnomer, but it it works for the current propaganda campaign, which for the carbon tax, oh, great, we're going to, as you say, cut back the competitiveness of Western industry and businesses by imposing a tax, which will go to our wonderfully honest governments, which are so full of integrity and, and have the best interests of our citizens in mind. Um, it is... That, I mean, that big picture, uh, I'm, I'm really glad we're bringing all this out here because when you look at how, um, let's just call them the corrupt financial elite, have financed, um, well, for example, if you go back to the Bolshevik Revolution, that, that was financed, uh, the whole collectivist uh, concept of of government of of the soviet union of you know it's all for the good of the mass as well and the rights of the individual go completely out the window and what you have is a collectivist mass of oppressed individuals who have no freedom but it's it's all ultimately in the name of benefiting the corrupt elite it's just a uh you know a pretty pseudo idealistic picture and, and, you know, George Orwell's classic Animal House is, you know, still the perfect illustration of that. There's a revolution among the animals on the farm, and uh, all animals are created equal. And by the end, it's all animals are created equal, but some animals are more equal than others. <laughs> That's basically what the whole thing's about. And here in the West, you know, the spirit of um, democracy the spirit that moved the American Revolution, that moved the second American Revolution in in the Civil War, um, was you know absolutely opposed to the world power grab being you know engineered by the corrupt financial elite, and that goes on to this day. I'm you know I, I realize I'm trying to cover a huge historical arc. Uh, in what I'm saying here, but I think it's important for us to remember that Magna Carta and the legacy of, you know, in the birth of America and and the revolution that we inherited because of, of the influence of Britain at that time, all the founding fathers were asking for was, hey, we want to enjoy the rights of Englishmen, you know, mm-hmm. common law, Magna Carta, don't tax us without representation. Um, that that legacy of human rights and the you know the freedom of the individual which led to to this country 
That is what's under attack here. That's what's been under attack for a couple of hundred years. That was recognized as a massive threat to the long-term plans of the corrupt financial elite for a very long time. And what we're seeing now with the rollout of 5G and uh, the depopulation agenda and, and the things that you're describing is kind of the end game of this you know, long historical arc. And for me, politically, when we get into talking about um, – you know, the current administration, vis-a-vis the globalists, uh, I see that dynamic. And I also see how divisive it is. This country's going kind of crazy with that right now. And I'm just hoping that we can get back to these values that, that in a lot of cases transcend all the, the polarizing politics that are going on. So um, I know you told us you only had an hour to share with us today. Is there a, a kind of summary or key point that that you'd like to remind everybody of as as we um, as we move along here well Fizz I'm just going to let you Michael I can stay a little bit longer I've just had a I've just had a message from the guy who's uh, I was supposed to be on a call and he's just put it back till tomorrow so we're okay for tonight oh okay so you can you can stick around with us for a bit yeah, I can stick around with you for a bit. So that's that's oh, the, the okay. It is well, getting, it's, it's quite getting quite interesting as it happens. A conversation. The uh, uh, before we, we move yeah, on, let's have a, let's have a break here. We're, we're at our break. Yeah, we'll take a five minute break here, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back, everyone, to the uh, second half of Radio 5G. This is Michael Henry Dunn with my co-host, Nancy Hopkins, and our good friend, Mark Steele, uh, over in the UK. And we're rolling along with a pretty wide-ranging conversation here. And we'd, we'd like to just uh, take a minute to focus it specifically on uh, when we're talking about you know the, the climate change Huge um, protests and movement, and the the Greta Thunberg issue, um, and just looking at the science. You know, in the end, any common sense approach has got to be about the science. But when it comes to citing a majority of scientists in favor of, you know, um, human caused climate change, carbon caused climate change, uh, and how that plays into the agenda of the elite, what the underlying science really says. We've got um, a clip that that Nancy has uh, brought up uh, from Dr. Tim Ball. Um, Nancy, do you want to share with us a little bit uh, about this um, this clip we're about to hear, and then we can continue our conversation with Mark? It's self-explanatory. It's only 15 minutes, and I'm just going to play it. Okay. And uh, delighted to have with us today uh, Dr. Tim Ball. He is the author of a very unique read. You might want to check this one out. Human Caused Global Warming, The Biggest Deception in History. And Dr. Ball is, uh, well, it looks like he is a converted soul. We'll talk to him about that. Dr. Ball, good to see you. Thanks for your time. (laughs) Well, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. uh, Wow, this is pretty interesting. Tell us um, your own story first. Uh, What happened to you? Well, very very quickly, um, I was born in England near Stonehenge, so I always put Druid down in the religious section of the government form, uh, never got called. But I emigrated to Canada, and I joined the Canadian Air Force, five, four years of anti-submarine in the North Atlantic, five years search and rescue in the Arctic. And what I learned from that was uh, how lousy weather forecasting was. And I, I lost my flying category, and I didn't want to fly a desk, so I went back to university to get a Ph.D. in, in um, 
looking at long-term climate and climate change, trying to improve weather forecasting and climate forecasting. And um, I thought this would be a nice, quiet, peaceful area that, with no controversy. But, of course, it got turned by people using climate for a political agenda into a major global issue. Did you ever believe them? No, uh, because I knew right from the start how much the climate changes naturally and what's going on um, in uh, right now is well within natural variability. There's nothing unusual about it at all. And um, one of the things they did was that uh, they, 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 being the United Nations Intergovernmental on Climate, uh, Panel on Climate Change, they narrowed the definition of what they were looking at to only human causes of climate change. Well, you can't possibly do that unless you know how much the climate change changes naturally and we don't uh, and most people don't understand so of course that's why they were easily fooled into believing that they they could claim as they did in their most recent report that humans uh, human co2 accounts for 95 percent of the of the temperature change since 1950 I mean, that, that is that is so ridiculous that uh, i don't even know where to start you know what's so interesting about this, Dr. Ball, is that, that it, uh, over the last several years, there was the appearance that those who were pushing human-caused global warming were winning the argument. But lately, more and more scientists are debunking the idea, and meteorologists, and the other side is being exposed. Where do you think this is going to go? Well, it, it, uh, my concern is that um, it's going to go where all uh great hoaxes go in that it'll create skepticism in the public you know uh, the environment was a new paradigm that we needed and it started in about the 60s we need to keep our nest clean it doesn't make sense to soil your own nest but these these people that grabbed the uh, environment and climate uh, for their political agenda took the moral high ground that only they care about the environment and that's why i was so pleased when trump said look we're going to limit the EP a, a use of regulations to control people's lives, but we want we all want clean air and clean water, and uh, so what my concern is that um, and, and this is not the only deception. I mean, you, when you look at Rachel Carson's Silent Spring, there's absolutely no truth to what she claimed in that book, and that was a major start of this uh, attack on on um, uh, people and the environment and industry and development. Um, that the public are going to say, look, we don't believe anything you tell us anymore and therefore the old cry wolf syndrome right. and people that uh, and things that we do need to deal with will, won't won't get dealt with they'll get put aside you know what's so interesting about this uh, i i will admit that i think it's made us better conservationists uh and i'm, I'm no question yeah so i i think yeah. we we now see our moral obligation to this and we've done good things to this but to move it into our lives at such a regulatory level is now being rejected and even the Intergovernment Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, uh, you kind of wonder where this is going to go and why uh, the president's pulling away from it. Well, he pulled away from it. And, and by the way, I, I, a couple of confessions. Uh, one is that um, I'm very aware of what the public understand and don't understand because I taught a science credit for art students for 25 years. And um, al almost every year I got the question, do you believe in God? And, of course, that speaks to, to part of what's going on here. But um, I was also uh, invited to Washington a year ago, December, to, part to, to, to work with the people that were uh, scheduling the dismantling 
dismantling of the EPA. And so what my advice was, and it appears that Trump listened to it, was don't try and get out of the Paris Agreement on the basis of the science. You'll get beaten up so badly and so quickly that you won't know what hit you. But you can get out of it because it's a bad deal. And you're the president of getting out of bad deals. And part of the proof of the success of that was that Ivanka wanted to stay in the Paris Climate Agreement. And there were stories to that effect in the media. But what I understand is that once Trump sat her down with other people and showed her how bad a deal it was, she came on board. And so that's the reason he got out of the Paris Climate Agreement. And, of course, what he's done since. And this is why, by the way, they're attacking Scott Pruitt so viciously, because he was ready to go on day one to cut the regulations and cut the control that was the EPA were using to control people, industry and everything else. And, of course, that that is why they've created these stories from inside the deep state have created these stories of misuse of funds and, you know, pay increase and so on. This is all designed to undermine Scott Pruitt, who was right at the heart of the issue. All right. So are there are more notable scientists and meteorologists beginning to follow what you're saying? And I mean, somewhere along the line, the science isn't supporting the data, but you never you could. Well, I guess we'll never expect the media to bring that forward. But the more and more scientists and meteorologists that begin to become honest with their research and their commitment of integrity begin to turn away from this. You see that growing? Yes, and I and, and the but the reason that so many of them uh, have stayed silent and on the sideline because you've got arguments, false arguments like the ninety-seven percent consensus. The minute I heard that word consensus, I knew this was not about science. Consensus has nothing to do with science. And the other thing that's happening is that if you dare to question. And I challenge people, say, okay, tell your friends that you don't believe in global warming anymore or the humans are causing it, and see the violent reaction you get from some people, people who know nothing about what they're talking about. And I'm a living proof of the price you pay for daring to question, because I've had three lawsuits all from the same lawyer, all from members of the IPCC, and the the cost to me so far is $600,000 in defending myself against speaking out against false science. And so this intimidation factor. The other thing is, of course, that the, the left particularly are very good at marginalizing you. As you know, if you're losing an argument, you start to attack the individual. And uh, so that's what they're doing with me. Um, and I have two talents. One is they, they um, are not able to say I'm not qualified although nobody ever asked Gore about his qualifications. The other is the good Lord gave me an ability to explain these things in ways that the public could understand. Um, so so they, that, that was the challenge against me. But, but the intimidation factor is huge. And, uh-huh. and But gradually people will start to, to speak out, and you're starting to see that. The other thing I can tell you, uh, Perry, is that... that a vast majority of the public know there's something wrong. They smell something wrong. They don't necessarily understand. And when you look at the polls, they're what I'm. They're sitting on the sideline. 
They're holding back. So, for example, an almost 10 million people poll by the UN uh, asked them about their their greatest concerns, and they listed 16 of their major concerns. Climate change was dead last. <laughs> absolutely last. Mm. Pew Center poll, which of course is tends to left of center, and they show exactly the same thing, that climate change and global warming is 32 out of 33 on the, the list of public concerns. So the public are just si- simply holding their 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 uh, voices because they don't want to get attacked or made to look stupid, but um, yes, there, there is a change going on, and, and of course, as you and I know, ultimately the truth will out. Yeah. Yeah, God has a way of doing that. Let yep. me ask, uh, Dr. Ball, let me ask you this. Um, the, 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 the rise and the fall of the temperature of the earth and even the, the meteorological patterns, they're, they're cyclic, aren't they? Well, this is one of the great debates that's gone on. Back in 1990, there was a conference of world climate on world climate, and um, the uh, Soviets, as they were then, and the and the uh, Chinese, they came and presented arguments that this the climate was cyclical, cyclical. Uh, because they yeah because they have long term very long term records, and and they have always been involved. Uh, for example, the Kondratiev cycle, which is a climate driven economic cycle, and anybody in the stock market knows about that. So they argued that the climate was cyclical, and all you've got to do is figure out all the different cycles and how they interact. The West was into chaos theory. And so they were arguing, oh, no, it's chaotic. You, you know. And I teased them. I said, you better hope it's chaotic. and might explain why your forecasts are so wrong all the time. And uh, But the media, mainstream media, interpreted that scientific uh, divide as a political divide between uh, East and West. But it wasn't. It was a very genuine scientific divide. And and so you, you've got this uh, bizarre situation where, ironically, uh, the communists were, were more accurate about the science uh, than, than the so-called capitalist Christian West. But um, this, this is the craziness. As, as you know, politics makes for strange bedfellows. What is the motive here, uh, Dr. Ball? Why the deception? Why the propaganda? What, what's it all about? Very, very good question. Because uh, once you realize the extent to which they've, they've falsified the data and and, and uh, deliberately created a falsification, and, and I'll just read you one quote to support that. Uh, a German scientist, a physicist and meteorologist, he said, Ten years ago, I simply parroted what the IPCC told us. One day, I started checking the facts and data. First, I started with a sense of doubt, but then I became outraged when I discovered that much of what the IPCC and the media were telling us was sheer nonsense, was not even supported by any scientific facts and measurements. To this day, I still feel shame that as a scientist, I made presentations of their science without first checking it. But to the specific answer to your question goes back to this, this really isn't about global warming. All they wanted was they, being the the, um, the uh, Club of Rome, and, and the uh, wanted uh, a a threat to the world where they could argue, look, this is beyond any nation's uh, capability of dealing with it, so we've got to override nationalism, and we need one world government uh, to deal with it. 
So, and the person behind that was a Morris Strong, unfortunately a Canadian, and in a book called Cloak of Rain, um, when when uh, he was interviewed by Elaine Dewar, the author, she spent five days with him at the United Nations, and she said, well, you know, what's your view of things? And he said, the problem for the planet are the industrialized nations, and isn't it our responsibility to get rid of them? Now, why did he identify the industrialized nations? Well, uh, the argument of the Club of Rome was that the world, was, uh, every nation and every person was using resources at a faster rate than was sustainable. So they published a book called Limits to Growth. And then they argued that they, to get started, they need to show that the biggest users of resources at a faster rate than anyone else were the industrialized nations, and they used fossil fuels to, to achieve that. So what they set about doing was to create science to show that the CO2, which was the byproduct of those industrialized nations, um, was the problem, and that was what they were going to use to shut down these industrialized nations. Wow. And 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 um just to, to just to conclude that uh, doers could, and and by the way she went, she wrote wanted to write a book praising these people she found out they were more corrupt than the people they were attacking her conclusion after t- 5 days with strong was strong was using the un as a platform to sell a global environment crisis and the global governance agenda and of course that's what you see going on with the paris climate accord Oh, you're fascinating. Uh, Got to get you back. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, check out Dr. Ball's website, uh, drtimball.com. More importantly, get a copy of his book called Human Cause Global Warming, The Biggest Deception in History. There's a picture of it there on the uh, on the screen by uh, Dr. Tim Ball. And again, his website is drtimball.com. Thank you, Dr. Ball. Uh, thank you for your courage. I'm sorry you're being sued for being a prophet, but that's part of the cross you bear. I know that. And uh, let's stay connected, okay? Well, please, because there's so much more to talk about, about uh, how they chose Darwin to defeat religion and, and on and on and on. So, uh, yeah, so many things we need to talk about. All right, we'll do, we'll do some more uh, visits and uh, may even do a series with you. Thank you, Dr. Ball. God bless you, my friend. Thank you, Perry. All right, God bless you. All right, again, his, uh, his website is uh, drtimball.com, and the book is entitled Human Cause Global Warming, The Biggest Deception in History. Sorry about that. <laughs> had a mouse, okay. I had a mouse interruption. Wasn't that wonderful? Um, yeah, that's a pretty fascinating uh, conversation there. Um, one of the interesting points in it for me personally is that I am um, sitting here in the San Luis Valley in southern Colorado, um, right next to a vast tract of land that was purchased by Maurice Strong uh, back in uh, late 70s, I believe, um, and that this area was looked at by um, a lot of globalists as being an energetic vortex and uh, power point on the planet that made a lot of sense for them to look at a headquarters. Um, and the birth of, of modern Crestone, Colorado, which is an interfaith uh, community of spiritual retreats, and, you know, it's an amazing and beautiful place, and it had that role 
for centuries before colonization with with the tribes would would gather here because it was a sacred site. So this whole thing put forward by by Dr. Tim Ball, um, the 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 crux of it that really resonates for me, and I want to put this into the conversation here, is how the climate change issue was seized on and utilized by the globalists to create a climate of fear that would, you know, encourage people to say, oh, my gosh, you're so right, you know, uh, individual nations sure can't handle this. We need a world government. We need to surrender a fair number of our liberties to that government so that they can control this whole thing. Otherwise, humanity is toast. The planet is toast. That, you know, that is right in line with the, the, the strategy and tactics we've seen the globalists use over and over again out of chaos order. They create the perception of chaos and then they have their ready-made um, order that they are that they then impose, and, you know, humanity gets squeezed a little bit tighter and your freedoms uh, disappear one by one. And before you know it, um, all animals are created equal, but some animals are created more equal than others. And guess which guess which of you are headed to the slaughterhouse and which of you are, are living in the master's plantation mansion. Um, that's that's the heart of the scam to me. Um, so as we get rolling. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. I'm a bit of a chess player. And obviously, um, you know, you've got to remember these people have a, you know, where we normally look at, you know, two years hence next holiday, I have maybe five years away, you might be saving up for a wedding or a new house. These people have a 15, 20, 35 year plan. All right, they don't look at the next two years, the next year. They look at five, tens, fifteens, and twenties, twenty-fives and thirties, forty year. It is not beyond the comprehension of a social policy unit in a government to look fifty years hence. It's consequently that's where they miss the trick. It's where people don't understand what's going on. Because what CO2 is all about? CO2 is a scam. It is about global governance. But once they have global governance, then obviously there's no wars going to be fought. And consequently, they can murder population. That's where you're at. They're planning the mass genocide of the six billion across the planet. And they can only do that by globalization. Because once they have a unified government, no one's going to fight anybody. Nobody needs to have any armies. Once they start to dismantle that, then what happens? You are now surplus to requirements. You're a breather. You're eating the grass. You're eating the food. And you need to be gone. So the plan is globalization, global governance. Once they get to the globalization and the global governance plan in place, and that's what they're planning, the 5G was the kill grid. It's already decimating people across the country. It's a slow kill. They just didn't think anybody would have worked it out. Well, the thing that comes into play here when you're talking about the globalist agenda, depopulation agenda, 
yeah. is that you know we're describing a monolithic top-down centralized controlled strategy by um, you know the assumption in that conversation is that there is some um, centralized command but that's not what we see when we geopolitically we look around the world it's much more complex than that you know china has its own agenda russia has its own agenda sometimes they coincide you know they are um, a, there's a fair amount of evidence that putin is is well aware of not a fair amount an overwhelming amount that that he he entirely understands the central banker dynamic you know how they use nato uh, what what the real story is um and so, you know, as we look at how this is playing out, I'm, I'm just hesitant to have us buy into the, the whole concept of they. Like they are planning this and they are planning that. Yeah, I, I don't argue with the science and technology you presented here that says, hey, you know, 5G is technologically demonstrable as a kill grid. Okay. And then there's Huawei competing with the West. Then there's... You know, Russia and China um, having their commonality, having the differences, also competing with the West. Then there's, you know, the whole rising um, freedom movement. That's us. Um, also a factor in this. I mean, we, we certainly need to be aware of this, of you know, the general elements of the globalist agenda. But I, I just really want to, you know, put in a note of caution here about the – the temptation to go to, you know, this possibly overly simplified they concept. Well, they're going to do this and they are going to do that um, because it, it misses the complexity of the situation and it misses the hope. It misses the, you know, the, the progress being made. Anyway, just, just wanted to put that in there. Michael, obviously, you know, what people have to remember before globalization, governments need populations to be healthy and fit in case they have to have the tear up. What you can't do is have ill people. It's like the Victorians. The Victorians planted trees. It's not because they loved the workforce. What they wanted, they didn't want a sick workforce because obviously if I train somebody uh, four year apprenticeship or you know maybe just six months training somebody on how to run a mill or whatever Right, and they die on us because they've got consumption or some breathing problems because of toxicity in the water. So there was a commercial, there's a financial imperative to make sure that your workforce doesn't get sick. Very important from a business. We're talking about straight capitalist business perspective here. We're not talking about since then and government controls. And obviously government needs to have some control. However, the globalist agenda... The real globalist agenda is to decimate the vast majority of the populations across the East and the West. We see the rollout of 5G in China. We see it in Singapore. I'm less confident about the control mechanism. I know that Trump's obviously through a spanner in the works. But if you look at Obama and you look at what was happening prior to Trump, prior to Boris Johnson, what we had was a total globalist takedown. We've still got it in play. It hasn't been stopped. I mean, you've, they're trying to uh, get rid of Trump as we speak. And obviously, Boris Johnson's got the same problem in the, in, the, in the UK. This globalist agenda, 
once that globalist agenda is in place, then you most certainly are surplus to requirements because what you are needed for as nation states, you are there to protect the sovereignty of the state. You need a fit population if you need to have a tear up, if you need to have a fight, you need to have those people at hand. Those people are now and in the very near future, if we don't stop it, will be surplus to requirements. And that's why I know that the six billion po- I mean, you only have to look at Diegel's numbers. Diegel have by 2025 a 200 million population collapse in the US, even 100 million. That is a that is a very uh, respected published source for demographics across the, across the world. We've got a population collapse by 2025 in the United Kingdom of over 50 million. Okay, well, when, when we're talking about 5G, I'd, I'd love to get us back to 5G here. Um, you know, a, a, a key point that we make with people over and over again is that the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, which is put in place to police that industry, is now being, has now for some time, been taken over by that industry. The industry is policing itself. The industry is watching the bottom line. The CEOs who are now part of the FCC, who were former major telecom CEOs, they are watching their own bottom line. We need to remember, when we are talking about a captive agency that is supposed to police an industry that is now giving a green light to the rollout of 5G, with the huge health effects and environmental effects that, that we're talking about. When we are listening to what Dr. Tim Ball was saying here, and believe me, I'm, there's a lot of merit to it, and, and I, I get the point he's making, but he was very clearly standing in the place of support of industry and development. Now, I'm a fan of industry and development, but an unpoliced industry, an industry that has a captive agency in place, is going to behave according to the actions that are going to benefit the shareholders on the bottom line. And we're talking about this all the time in Radio 5G, about how the FCC is captive to the, to the greedy telecom companies. Well, we need to apply that same standard when we're talking about environmental issues. When we're talking about, you know, the EPA. Now, if the EPA is captive to a globalist agenda, if the EPA is pushing false climate science in order to push a globalist agenda, all right, we need to be aware of that. And there does need to be some kind of authentic environmental policing going on of the natural tendency of industry to act in its best interest. It's not about, hey, we're just going to create wonderful prosperity for all the people, the trickle-down theory. You know, that has some pretty serious consequences for the environment that we are seeing going on all around us. And, you know, during the first two years of, of Trump's administration, the, the, the measures that went through Congress behind the circus – of, you know, of the big anti-Trump thing, of the Russia thing and all the rest of that, you know, baloney circus, 
Meanwhile, unpoliced industry is raping the environment of this country. That's going on. We can't pretend otherwise. We can't go decrying, you know, captive agencies like the FCC allowing 5G and then just ignore you know, it's not as if an environmental protection agency is a bad idea. It's a terrible idea when it's captive to bogus climate science. But, you know, the glaciers are vanishing. The the glaciers in the Himalayas that, that slowly trickle water into the, you know, the Gangetic Plain in India that supports hundreds of millions of people who will be, you know, without water within five to ten years because of the disappearance of those glaciers. That's not bogus science. And that's, to me, that, you know, from what I've seen, that's not natural climate variability either. You know, far pole microwave radiation. And you only have to look at the amount of satellites that are up there. The telecommunications, I mean, you can get a mobile phone operator in the Himalayas now. So the more microwave radiation I put in there, well, you know, you're bound to melt some of these, uh, you know, some of these geolocations, but I'm going to be pretty sure about the, the uh, you know, the change of the ice caps is basically down to the changing of the polar cap position. So the North Pole is actually not where it was. So these, these, these phenomena are changing and they're never reported in the mainstream media. So what we get, we get a half-truth which destroys any credibility of the scientific community. I mean, that guy just talked about it before. We've got no trust at all in any of the authorities or the scientific community. And the reason for that is because the mainstream media lie and, 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 and actually distort the actual science. And any scientist, I mean, there was a great scientist, a guy called David Bellamy, well-known scientist, always on the BBC. Uh, you know, he, he was a bumbling type of scientific type, looked like the professor type. He's from Durham University. Very nice, amiable sort of chap. And he was always rolled out on the BBC. As soon as he did not agree with a CO2 narrative, we've never seen him again. And now what they do, they get particles, physicists, they get anybody, get a reporter, they get people, David Attenborough, he's an actor. He's an actor, and they get him to act and read off a script and stand up at the United Nations and talk about climate change. It is an absolute disgrace how you can get an actor to stand up at, a, at an event like that with no qualifications at all, but an actor for the BBC, a BBC who have been involved in paedophilia, have covered up paedophilia right across the whole uh, you know, the, the, the whole of the BBC and actually get an actor to stand up and tell the people of the United Nations that CO2 is real. He's a clown. And this is what the problem is with, the you know, the West. We get these actors to stand up and basically disseminate misinformation. And obviously I've got no doubt that's one of the main reasons people don't trust them and people are, the distrust is growing by the day. And when people find out what 5G really is, there'll be none. When they find out what? under their watch, they've rolled out a weapon system basically developed and designed by Chinese, by money from the West and international bankers to harm them and their children and their lives. Believe us, they'll have none. Well, here's the thing I'd, I'd like to bring up, which is that when we're talking about choosing the fight that's going to win, choosing the hill you want to take, 
right, and and Nancy, maybe you can weigh in from a military standpoint on this, that I'm really glad we have brought out this whole picture today on on climate change and how it's being used to further a globalist agenda. And for us here on Radio 5G and in this movement to wake people up and put tools in their hands to stop this, you know, when, when we talk about going public with a big effort to expose the climate change agenda, I would liken it to what happens to you in Western media when you sign on, for example, to the uh, divestment movement to hold Israel responsible for what's happening to the Palestinians. You are called anti-Semitic. It is an automatic lose-lose scenario to take to try to take that hill. Attacking climate change and the, the sweet little brilliant um, Asperger's Greta Thunberg, you are, as you said, you know, you are immediately demonized. As Dr. Tim Paul was saying, you are immediately, it's ad hominem attack. Forget about the science. They're going to attack you personally. When we look at what, you know, our best forward path is to wake people up to 5G, put the tools in their hands, and and just about climate change, what, what I'm saying to people is, hey, look, whatever the science on CO2 and climate change and warming and melting of the glaciers, that's going to kill us in maybe 20 to 30 years. 5G is going to kill us in like three to five. So, you know, if you want your children to live, if you want your your wife's pregnancy to be carried to term, if you want to not have diabetes, if you want your housing, you know, the value of your home not to plummet, um, you need to, you know, look at Ray Broomhall's protocol, which we've shared here. I, um, we've got the link posted. It'll be on the, the YouTube when this goes on YouTube. You know, these are the tools that that are going to win in the short term that we have. We only have the short term. Fighting climate science, fighting, you know, the agenda – I'm glad we're exposing it. People need to to know about this. And, you know, the the ad hominem attacks that we're inviting, if we get on that route, could really, you know, cripple our effectiveness in doing the things that can be done to stop 5G. You know, and this is the truth we can't ignore. You know, I'm I'm glad we're bringing it out, and especially with the big mainstream media push on this now with Greta Thunberg and the rest of it. And so I'm glad we've gone on the record with it. But, you know, I'd, I'd... just hope we can stay on target, you know, with the sixth extinction, with the 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 bee colony collapse, bring to people's attention how shungite can help restore um, the bee colonies, how it can help prevent the sixth extinction, and just keeping the focus on the practical tools. And of course, as you know, believers in a, a divine supreme being, on the metaphysical tools as well, on the applied science of prayer. Um, you know, this is where I hope we can, in the big picture, you know, stay focused because, you know, the our opponents who would love to see us screw up will just be delighted to take us down as, as you know, c- climate change deniers. It's like being called a Holocaust denier. You're automatically, you know, just the lowest of the low. I just oh, wait a minute. I, I just have to jump in here because, to me, all of it's so much integral to everything else. And you're forgetting what um, Dr. Ball said about how many people put it on their list of concerns. Climate change is way down at the end. So why is it that all of a sudden there is this push to make it rise above all the others? 
with all of the activity. This is some kind of a distraction thing that they're attempting to do to dissuade us, you know, to think, well, you better think about this. Don't forget about that 5G stuff. You're going to have to think about this. So I want to go on the record and say, look it, scientists are already saying this is BS and leave it. But we need to put out the rhetoric and the talking about, you know, because too many people have come on to uh, my, my Facebook group and, you know, saying, why are you so against this, this girl? So let me tell you why I'm against this girl. I'm not against the girl. I'm against the message because it's a lie after lie after lie. And just because you think everybody else thinks the same way does not make it true. And it's the same thing with 5G. You know, if they'll lie to you about that and why, we we put it out there, you know, so that we all give up our, our, our national identities to become a world nation to fight something that is dependent upon the sun. NASA came out years ago and said we're going to go into a heating thing because of the angle of the sun. Okay? And they didn't tell you that well because of that angle all sorts of other things happen that it's going to throw a good portion of the world into a, a deep freeze. It, I mean it's it's just like he said, you know, there there is so much information that they don't even comprehend within the, the the normal meteorological groups that they depend on the authorities and the authorities are screwing with us all the time so yes i think it's very important that we bring up the conversation you know and tell you why we think that this is a crock of bull and we'll get on with 5g again but i agree with you the focus has got to be 5g because of the time frame absolutely Right, and that, that what do you think, Nancy? And I'd love to hear from Mark on this too. You know, with the progress in the Stop 5G movement and the time frame, you know, we've talked about 18 months to two years or maybe even less as being the window in which, you know, that we've got um, to be able to, to roll this back, to roll back the rollout. Um, given what we're seeing going on in Australia, given what we're seeing uh, – you know, that you're talking about, Mark, in, in the U.K., uh, with, you know, scientists waking up, some government officials waking up, um, the the telecom official down in Australia admitting that, that health issues are, are um, in play and why they're stopping the rollout there. Um, Nancy, what do you, you know, what, how, what do you see happening in the time frame now? Well, I'd rather have Mark answer it because he's out there and got, in touch with other international places. Mark, can you can you address that, please? Yeah, the uh, we're, we're seeing a massive, you know, we've, we've seen an awakening for quite a while, but obviously the, it's it, it's a ground level, it's an activist level, and what we're starting to see, we're starting to see that information rising up. So the fact it's rising up, uh, obviously Boris Johnson spoke about it and alluded to the streetlights, the controls. I mean, that's the prime minister. He's been briefed. There was a lot of people at the London event, the Chelsea uh, event that I spoke at. I'm told about very senior security services from the UK. I've actually had communications from them to say that it's been dealt with at the very highest level. When I first contacted them over two years ago, they couldn't believe it. I actually got a communication from a very senior government official, and he said, what you're telling us is unbelievable. And I said, I know it is. I can't believe it, so why would I expect you to believe it? It is unbelievable because it's unbelievable, the outrageous plan that they have for us. However, 
I'm pretty confident that things are moving on. We've got a massive groundswell. The groundswell's grown all the time. We're starting to see lawyers, so we're, we're starting to see the middle ground starting to move. Uh, that's going to cause a bit of an earthquake. And once we start to see significant legal action, what Ria's done in Australia, what we're going to do in the UK, we've got a number of cases, not just one, we've got a number of cases that we're now scoping out where we're going to take action against these criminals. And the whole thing will fold because it's built on sand. There's nothing behind it. They're in breach of the law. We can use the law. They haven't dismantled the British judicial system. It may be corrupt, but what I'm going to be pretty sure about, there is no judge on this planet going to allow genocide to be perpetrated on the people of the United Kingdom. It's not going to happen. And if it does happen, it'll be pitchforks. Because I'll tell you now, we've been here before. We do not give up easy. And when the British lion is aroused, believe us, the Germans knew what happened. Well, guess what? It's coming again. And I've got no doubt we've got support from the US. Our cousins in the US and in Canada and across the country in Australia, there's a growing mass movement in relation to stopping this crime. I'm very confident because we are far too early or too early for the crime. It wasn't fully... Uh, thought out by the cabal and they've rushed it they've rushed the equipment the equipment and gateheads now been replaced so the multi-million pound deployment of 5g they're now starting to change it for a less more well a less obvious target acquiring weapon system believe it or not it's still potentially a weapon as an emp but it's not target acquiring so it can't shoot me so i'm pretty happy about that <laughs> It is still a weapon system, but they're replacing the LED streetlights. The LED streetlights that are retinal cell toxic and illegal are replacing them at a vast amount of money. Now, that tells you they're running for the hills. So I'm very, very confident that we'll get them. We'll bring these criminals to justice. Just take a little bit longer. Well, that's really, that is good news. I mean, that's uh, some of the best news we've heard. And... I also want to put in a plug for uh, a link that uh, we will include in the the YouTube when this goes to YouTube. But in the meantime, for our listeners, um, www.emrlegaleducation.com. Again, that's E-M like Michael R. Legaleducation.com. And that contains um, the PDFs and other information, some, some YouTubes as well from Raymond Broomhall who uh, is the attorney in Australia who has helped um, shut down about a 1,000 um, 5G small cell towers and prevented rollout of, of many hundreds more. And this is using the strategy of um, criminal assault charges against telecom companies and officials who are installing uh, these lethal devices in your neighborhood. So um, I just wanted to to get that plug in there. It's it's more evidence of of the success of the movement, of the the progress. I, I know you were saying, Nancy, that you never thought when we started this that um, the movement would move as quickly as it has, that the wake up would happen as quickly as it has. Right. Well, I'd like to point something out because, yes, that's very true. But uh, Dr. Oz, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Mark, but he's a television personality here. It has a radio show, Dr. Oz. And he put up uh, what we call a town hall, but it was a mock town hall. And the 
the supposition was that 5G is going to be brought into your town. Do you want it or not? So they had a debate about it, and at the end of it, they had a poll. And I don't remember the percentages, but the uh, it, w- it was heavy on the side of, yes, let's have the 5G in. But Oz said, uh, go to my Facebook page, and, and anybody out there for the next 24 hours can be part of this poll. And so what happened in 24 hours was that only 38% of those that took the poll said yes. The rest of them said no. So that's virtually a two-to-one ratio of people saying no to 5G. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, he's very popular, pretty- very popular. They didn't say how many people took it, but, you know, that was was. Yeah, from, you know, take that poll a year ago. And it probably would have been very different when most people were just hearing, you know, the propaganda, Verizon commercials about, you know, and the whole Internet of Things, big push by mainstream media. Uh, three it, months yeah. ago, three months ago, it would have been a different oh, you've seen, Yeah, okay. Yeah, here we are on October 2nd. And uh, just, you know, think back to June or July. Um, there's been – there has been a huge – a huge wake-up going on. Well, Michael, I mean, the 5G Apocalypse documentary that Sasha Stone did, you know, fantastic uh, uh, documentary. Everybody should watch it. If anybody watches that video and doesn't want to stop 5G, well, <laughs> well what more can I say? However, it is absolutely factual. It's probably a lot worse than that. I mean, I was telling Sasha things that were a little bit more uh, outrageous we kept it out of there because obviously there is a lot more to tell. I like to keep my powder dry. We've got a lot of court cases coming up. We'll see these characters in court. That's the way to get it out there. The you know the mainstream media, absolute shower, shower of criminals. I spoke to a lady at the BBC Newsnight report and I said, Are you gonna cover the five G issue? She said, No. I said, So what you're saying is you're covering up the five G genocide. She said, I didn't say that. I said, well, I just have. I've just said you're a criminal covering up the 5G genocide because I can be pretty abusive. I am an offensive weapons expert, and I'm pretty offensive. I mean, I had a doctor <laughs> say to me, you're very offensive. I said, well, thanks for the compliment because that's a compliment to me. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those people. I'm not a, sh- I'm not a shrinking violet, unfortunately, for these, uh, for these authorities. I am on the offence. This is a crime against humanity. It's in breach of the Nuremberg Code. It is in all of the legal uh, systems around the world. This is an offence. It's an international crime being committed on the peoples of the West and the East. This, there's nowhere, I don't see anywhere, that doesn't have this technology deployed on top of them without their knowledge. And it is a battlefield weapons system. Well... That documentary, 5G Apocalypse, Extinction Event, um, has been, you know, hugely uh, influential and very widely seen. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to be part of that, um, of the promotion of that, especially when you came on with us, uh, Mark, and, and we sat down with, with Sacha and also with Carrie Cassidy. Um, I'm seeing that our clock has uh, reached the end of the show here. So I just want to thank you again, Mark. It's great to have you back with us um, to bring us both 
you know, the grim facts and the encouraging news that um, that you're seeing in the UK. So, um, Nancy, do you have any, um, you know, final words for our, our listeners out there today? Just appreciative of them and very, very appreciative of everything Mark does. Well done. Well done. Amen to that. So this has been Radio 5G, a joint project of the Sacred Academy of Global Evolution and Cosmic Reality Radio. And this is Michael Henry Dunn with my co-host Nancy Hopkins signing off for now. God bless everybody. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening. May it be. Let it be.